Geek Shock. Geek Shock. For the fries, well done. And you get I got the fries, well done. You're madman. Crispy if, if man, you get them crispy. If you don't, by the halfway point, your fries are limp and soggy. It's true. I don't have just, that problem. Just limp like fries. <laughs> No, 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 I don't have that problem. Dude. I just said I don't have that problem. Unless it's a blowjob. <laughs> oh, you're going to start that again? Is this going to be a running, a running thing? Huh? Oh, jeez. Uh, You'll be happy to know there was not a whole lot of uh, Matt and blowjob uh, jokes going on. Well, good. Yeah. Those, those fucking guys. Good. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 493. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Grim Reaper Matt. I lost another patient. Oh, oh no, dude! Hey, we, we're here to talk Matt's lost patient. What happened? Well, I can't talk too much about Elf. it, but uh, yeah, why'd you bring it I up? I was doing CPR, and every time I compressed the guy's chest, um, volcanic amounts of blood came gushing out of his mouth, and I was like, looking down. I'm like, oh, no. yeah, this guy's not going to make it. Oh no! But oh, uh, you had to still, still do it. Yeah, yep. it's day oh, in the life God. of Matt. People now you understand <laughs> why he's he's a, an angry, bitter man. Because he's Canadian. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sad days. Yeah. That was on Friday. That was on I'm Friday. Sorry about that, so man. Had, so we had a few days to, yeah. to recover. You well, doing okay with it? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. You know, you, you, it, you have to have no empathy. <laughs> 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 I can't even say it with a smile with a straight face. God damn it. <laughs> You're not worth your salt if it starts getting easier, is what my sisters were basically telling me. Because both my sisters are nurses, and they said that as a nurse or... You know, you're you're in the room more often than the doctors, so you're the one that the families turn to. You're the ones that are there when they're having their last breath. So, well, by, by the look on the... Matt's face, it's getting easier, so he may be doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm like house. <laughs> Have getting jaded already? Yeah. Oh yes. One season, oh, yes. you're gonna switch limps. See if anybody notices. There you go. Yeah. So you're not fooling anyone with this Imperium talk. You're corn through and through. For the blood guy, yes. <laughs> yeah. See, the the coroner's office came in. They were like, where's the, where's the head? I was like, don't worry. Skulls for the skull. Throne. <laughs> <laughs> Warhammer humor from <laughs> Warhammer, Warhammer, and then, Warhammer. And then one oh. of the coroners leans close to your ear and goes, hail corn. <laughs> yes. Hail corn. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, this language is not the only reason why we're an explicit podcast. Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Uh, ah, that's a yeah. yeah, right on it. I played some uh, some uh, scoop shock D and D that has begun. That has begun. Tell me all about it. Are you DMing it? No, you you looked awfully suspicious there. Like, why am I DMing for them, but I'm not DMing for us? <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. Oh. <laughs> As I look. To my left and right, shifty eyed. <laughs> but uh, no, um, Mike Martin, who's uh, both a scoop and a shock monkey, um, is DMing it. And uh, it's kind of funny because uh, everybody is either uh, a shock monkey or a scoop. Sweet. Um, no, like, who the fuck's this guy? Yeah. He's like, yeah, my name is Brad. <laughs> well, it's funny because, because they... And they I pretty much the cognitive dissonance yeah. podcast, but <laughs> I like D and D. They pretty much all know me, but I don't, you know. So a lot of them will be like, "Hey, Commander K," and I'm like, Hi. "Hello, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> so, so I'm getting to know people, which is that's that's funny. really cool. Yeah. Now you waved. So, is it 
Are you doing yes. the camera? Oh. Uh, on my laptop. Because oh. I think I have to do a plug-in for the big computer, and I'm just lazy. Okay. I actually went out and priced webcams, but then I went broke, so I don't have a webcam for the big computer. Well, you can get that webcam. There's a little site called Chatterbait. Commander <laughs> K. You could work that work. Yeah. And bring in the money. That's right. I'll bring in the rent. <laughs> oh, yeah. All I don't, right, I don't I'm think a complete so, noob here. What's Chatterbait? That's uh, chicks on the web. Uh, not just chicks. Yes, but, it's not just chicks. Uh, doing, uh, doing stuff for tokens. Mm-hmm. Which tokens can be redeemed for actual, actual money. real-world money. Okay, I'll think I can just leave it there. Just yeah. let my imagination continue. Thank oh, you very much. Oh, yes. the, it's, 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 it's the phenomena of webcamming where, yes. <laughs> where people are earning money by doing sexually explicit things on their webcams <clears throat> yep. for an audience. You can have Andy walk by in the or background. S- that's like, true. That's true. <laughs> or is the in internet just as, whole, in just his shorts. Been? That's awesome. Oh, um, but yeah, there was a shadowy four-legged figure destroying uh, some shepherds' uh, herds. So uh-huh. we, a bunch of us went and tracked it down and killed it. And in its cave lair, we found a hole in the floor. And so that's the next mission. We're going to go, uh, a group of us are going to go investigate. Fun, fun, fun. How many is in the group? Uh, actually, we're doing this West Marches. Oh, okay. So, so each time it could be a different... It, each time it's a different setup. So how many was there the first time? Uh, there were five of us. And I think Mike, uh, GM Mike, is shooting for five or six max. That makes sense. Each time. Got to keep it manageable. Yep. Um, right now, I'm one of the two guys who's the token guy without a beard. <laughs> we're all white there is uh, how dare you there is so a, your average game show yeah <laughs> yeah uh there is elena um who uh has a, a character I, I i don't know what her character race and class is but uh granny simon so we do have we do have a female player so hey we got a little diversity going otherwise we're pretty much the picture of the white um, somewhere in the middle, uh, the 30-something bearded dude demographic going. Hmm. But it's, <laughs> it's... Smack dab in the stereotype. Yep, exactly. We're like, we're like ass deep in the stereotype. <laughs> Shoulder deep. But, uh, yeah. Not neck deep? Not, no, no. Elena saves us from that. <laughs> from the neck. Elena, Elena. Uh, Is anybody so- a bard? Uh, yeah, and so far he's pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah, he doesn't walk around like with a loot and play the fop. So it's, he's not like Todd when he plays yeah, the bard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. it's, it's funny. His, his... What is wrong with my yeah. bard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey! You're, you're flam- I don't understand what you're talking about. Your flamboyantly asexual bards <laughs> that you play? I have plenty of sex with myself. <laughs> But, uh, for a tune. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. time for androgyny. But it's funny because his bar, Here's Todd's bar, his bardness is is almost like it's just incidental, right? He's he's less a bard and he's more like a guy who can say inspirational shit to give you an extra roll, or you know, yeah. he, he can also I can cast a few spells. So it's it's re-roll ones. Yeah, you know, it's fun. That was the funniest thing. In, you guys uh, have Tom Marker lights in your D and D game? The Wahua? Re-roll ones. 
Never mind. Warhammer War, joke. War, Warhammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was the funniest All thing. All hail corn. In Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons, when yeah. the dungeon master made Rick a bard. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, yeah. He was, made him a gnome bard. Yeah, too. exactly. He was like, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> he was not happy. Oh, God. That was precious. That was really, really That just was pretty precious. awesome. That's really funny. The writer <laughs> of uh, that, along with Rothfuss, uh, Jim Zub, actually did a TED talk talking about uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And Jerry becomes a freaking hero in the story. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. it's like, wow, the world is completely flipped upside down. It's, it's a insane. damn well-written. Yes, yes. It, was. it was. It was. It was. It was. I was amazed at how well it captured the characters. Well, not to mention the amount of detail they went into with the D and D aspect, because part of the thing that's always bugged me is a lot of stories that try to include D and D get so many of the aspects just wrong. Yeah, you know, it's it's just. It's there as kind of a a foil in the story, or mm-hmm. and right. you know the real. Well, I say the real, but the, you know those of us that actually did play Dungeons and Dragons are like, no, that's not even close to being correct. That's true, and especially on TV. TV is is pretty damned awful too. Yeah, well, when they, when they represent it, it's really funny because you know God bless Stranger Things because yeah. they 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 really have given. They really shined a light on D and D along with Critical Role. They got their own little starter set. Big Bang Theory but, did a pretty decent job yeah, when they when but, they would do role playing, but they never but used. Yeah, Stranger Things has the big moment in the game they're playing where they have to roll a fireball and he has to roll a D twenty, and it's like you, you don't roll a D twenty to to cast your fireball. So, so even then, even there, even <laughs> then, it was just like, oh, guys, you're doing so fucking you're well. So, close. so it's pretty funny. Oh, the Big Bang Theory, yeah, they're on top of that. I still have yet to see the the uh, the one with Shatner, Ma- Maganello, and uh, Kevin Smith, and all of them playing. Yeah, Shatner, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, Magic Johnson. Uh, it was like just like this whole smorgas. It was this <laughs> whole smorgasbord of like <laughs> celebs. Who have at some point in their career played Dungeons and Dragons, and the 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 bit of the story is there's this celebrity game that Will Wheaton hosts, and Sheldon doesn't get invited to play D and D when he has an opening on the on the game. So, of course, that sends Sheldon's OCD did into you, overdrive. And did you ever? Uh, and do you remember the the original Wheaton appearance with the Magic the Gathering and the? Yeah, and I, Will Wheaton is my nemesis, and it's yep. it's so funny. God damn it, it's so funny because Wheaton kind of cons him into letting the game slip so he can win, and then he just rubs it in his face that he did it to him. Yep. It was just absolutely fucking hysterical. So, <laughs> not to mention when he actually invites them over to the party, and he gives, you know, he finally hears the whole story about why he's his nemesis, and he gives uh, Sheldon the signed. Uh, is it the Gloob? No, not Gloob. Uh, yeah, the original Gloob, uh, Will uh, 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 Wesley Crusher action figure. Excuse me, that he signed. And then Brett Spiner comes over and goes, "Oh wow!" And he rips it open. And he's like, <laughs> "Brett Spiner, you are my now my new nemesis." <laughs> oh god! But um, yeah, was, did, um, his his appearances on there were so funny because yeah. he said it's it was tough trying to find the character at first. He's like, "You're supposed to play yourself." But not quite yourself, yeah, like a yeah. kind of a magnified version. Mm-hmm. So he has to play the jerk version of himself on the show, yeah. and uh, and not always to you know success because sometimes he's he actually comes across pretty endearing when he's trying <laughs> to be a jerk. But you know, anyway. 
So how, so going to get together play online yeah. once a week? Uh, um, actually, uh, Mike uh, will run a couple times a week. Oh. There'll be another one on Wednesday. That's the group we're going to go investigate the hole. Mm. And uh, basically, <laughs> investigate the hole? there's like 15 or 20 people that are now signed up. And oh, wow. Yeah. So we, uh, the uh, Roll20 has a. Somewhere Andy is screaming right now. Has a page where you can, uh, <clears throat> uh, a staging area where he set up where he will announce, you know, a date. And then, you know, those of us who want to get together will we'll fill in. Those who can. And, and, and yeah. then we let him know, what do we want to try? And he's got a few adventure seeds, but the whole point is that more and more adventure seeds grow out of the more and more we do. For example, the hole in the floor of the cavern. We just found that hole, and we were like, oh, we got to check that out next time. So, so that's basically, you know, how that's kind of going. Sounds like you... That was, that was you all right there? Yeah, I'm good. Continue talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's funny too that you mentioned Andy because it's actually perfect for him because it's totally open ended and you just pick a night and you do it uh, and there's no weekly uh, commitment or anything like that. You just go when you can. My nights are pretty free, so especially Monday, Wednesdays. So right now. I'm just signing up for everything until, sure. you know, Mike is like, all right, that's too much. What yeah. you need is a stealthy bard with a tuba. Oh, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> tuba, 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 tuba. Yeah, solve that problem by giving you a tuba of silence. <laughs> so, well, at least well, it's not an accordion. Yeah. Since we're talking group activities, uh, the Geek Shock. Oh, wow, I completely messed up these notes. I just realized that right now. <laughs> the oh, Geek Shock doesn't give a shit about uh, <laughs> child's play. What? Streaming right. service I'll launched on. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it now. It's like, so Geek Shock is not launching its own streaming service. Matt loses his freaking mind, goes storming out, and he goes, whoops, I have the notes mixed up. <laughs> the Geek, Clock, Geek Shock Book Club. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant to say. The Geek Shock Book Club. Um Next month, July, is going to be a catch-up month. Hmm. You're going to read a book about ketchup? Yes, it's going to be great. Heinz we'll, 57. And we'll read the Mustard Hunt. sequel graphic novel in August. No, there's. Uh, we've been doing a book of month here for a couple of years now. And there are books that Reading. we realize, you know, a, a book a month that, especially some of the long books that we have chosen, some of these 600 plus pagers, it can be uh, daunting after a while. And there's some books that people have started and then never quite finished because they started a new book. We start nominating like <laughs> two and a half weeks after the book has started to talk, be talked about. So July is going to be a catch-up month. No book, no new book will be announced. Read any of the books prior that you wanted to finish or just read a book on your own for your own enjoyment and, sh and all the other condiments can go fuck themselves right <laughs> and share what you read on the uh fuck book club page. <clears throat> poor matt he just sat there for five minutes hearing book 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 <laughs> if it's not from the block <laughs> library i don't care well at least it wasn't warhammer 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 no, that's warhammer good. that's yeah. good that's where you Speaking lose up, me for about way, half an hour well, oh, just, really? just, perfect just, just to finish this off before we continue on 
Uh, August will be a graphic novel month, so we'll start uh, nominations for that toward the end of July, so be watching for that. In the meantime, last chance I'm going to continue reading the current book, uh, Black, uh, Black Prism by Brent Weeks, mm. about 30% through it. How is it? Um, it's, I'm really enjoying it, but I really wish it would kick into gear. Uh-oh. Slow burn. Hurry up, huh? Brent. If you're not there by page 100... You lose Todd. I'm 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 over two hundred pages right now, so I'm oh like, wow. I'm still, I'm still giving it. You're a, giving a him some slack. There there's some interesting stuff and interesting characters that I'm really enjoying reading about, but I'm still waiting for the plot to kick in. I guess. Oh, I, yep. Next. I don't mind the slow burn as long as the payoff is good at the end. But some sure. some books it's like slow burn, slow burn, and then suddenly you're at the end and like <sighs> sputter. There was nothing there. I just hit the first major twist in the book. I'm like, oh, that makes it really interesting. And the magic system's really kind of cool. Color-based. What they twist. Okay. Well, so you would so. like the Horace Heresy novels, Jeff. I suggest you start reading those. Yes, all of them. See, I see your <laughs> lips moving, but all I hear is... <laughs> Are there any... Uh, have there ever been any Warhammer graphic novels? Yes. Comics and stuff? I'm uh, sure yes. there has. Uh, Dan Abnett's written a few of them. Really? I think there's a few of them available for free on the Libby app through the library, so you can even try it out without hmm. paying. I know you like the the universe that is Warhammer 4. Yeah, and so. I like the pictures. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> art series. Well, the, the, the aesthetic of Warhammer yeah. is Glory. just mind-boggling. Yeah, it really is. It's it, fantastic. It is crazy because it's so deeply fleshed out that the deeper you dive into it, the more interesting it becomes. I've... It's hard to find a more thought-out universe. Yeah. I mean, I'm including Marvel and DC because that's kind of fly the seat of the pants over years and retconning everything. This right. one seems just to be controlled from the center. Has Is there a central figure in terms of uh, the creative direction from the get-go? Or there is, is a group of writers that kind of yeah. deliver that. I know Dan Abnett is one of them. Um, McNeil is another McNeil one. McNeil is another in fact, they're wrapping up the great horse heresy right now in about, oh, what, great. 10 novels? Yeah. Mm. So oh, wow. So it'll be about a 60-book... I was going to say, 10 more novels? Yeah. How many is that bringing up 60, to 60, now? 60, 65, <laughs> when it's all done. So I remember Good you God. reviewing that on the Ugly Couch Show, and you were only, what, 10 books in? No. Sucks so mad. At that point, I think it was up to three. Because oh, I started reading the fourth Fulgrim, it's another book I have to catch up. I've got to catch up on a lot of books. You said it's like difficult, 20 more man. to go at I, that uh, point. I uh, Scott gave me two uh, Warhammer omnibuses. One of them was Eisenhorn. Which that's is pretty, a good one. That's pretty, a good one. Pretty fucking cool. That one's a good one. I haven't finished it though, but I, I started it. Inquisition or yeah, yeah Inquisition and Commissar. <laughs> Pure Guard. Yeah. Inquisition. It's really funny because <gasps> every me. time I see you, you showed us that video just before we started, Todd. Every time I see Michael Shannon. Scott is a big Michael Shannon was made to be Eisenhorn and and yeah, every so, kind of was. Yeah, every time I see Michael Shannon I'm just like, "Oh god, I got to I got to get back on that book again." <laughs> Michael funny. Shannon is one of those interesting actors. Like I see him in interviews, he looks like such a nice, cool guy, but yeah. he plays some thoroughly unlikable characters. And and uh, and I mean, it just just goes to show his acting chops. Yeah, but. Captain Luddite uh, told us. He, yeah, he's yeah. a bit of an eccentric personality. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the yeah. So, what other geeky things you do this week, guys? I love that though. Keep keep us informed on what's going on with yeah, the D and D game. Yeah, my character went to zero hit points, but because he's a half orc, he pops up to one. Ah. 
and uh, it was uh, was really touch and go there. Ah. So it's it's been, uh, yeah, exciting. It, yes, yeah, it is. So I've been catching up on my uh, CWDC series. How's that coming uh, along? It's coming along pretty good. I was about uh, twelve episodes behind on Supergirl, Arrow, and then six episodes behind on Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. Um, slowly but surely, I think I've got eight episodes left of Arrow and Supergirl, and I am mostly caught up on Legends of Tomorrow. Oh man, I'm horribly behind. Yeah. Yeah, I just stopped watching them. Well, it just kept like I kept getting far enough behind and far enough behind, and Flash is like my favorite of the the run currently. So that always seemed to be my focus. Like, okay, I can watch one episode this week before I go to bed. Well, it's going to be the Flash. And then, you know. But getting caught up. Um, finally started uh, 102263 on Hulu. Um, I got the first two episodes down. It looks like a really interesting series. I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Such a good um, story. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the fascinating thing. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it even though it's three years old series. Um, you know, the, the the fascinating thing was like, if he does go back to the present, it takes, if he goes back through that corridor, it takes him back to 1960 once again. So anything that he did while he was there, if he goes back, stays, you know, stays in effect. It doesn't cause any time ripples. But if he goes back through again, it undoes everything that he did. So you get that? Yeah. yeah, nodding your I head did. doesn't register. Yeah, I, did. I did. I'm still not a big time travel guy like Jeff. So. This is yeah. Stephen King time travel. Mm. But yeah, I'm only the two episodes <laughs> in. But, uh, it just doesn't get me like like it does Jeff. I just It's I something that's fascinated me. Well, I mean, Time travel is fun. Year of Hell. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. I mean, I'm not a big Voyager okay, fan, yeah, but okay, I love that, that motherfucking yeah. episode. That thing, that thing starts with a kick to the balls. And yeah. just runs right through. It's great. Really is. And it, it's too, uh, like, sometimes even, like, kind of shitty movies that have time travel have some redeeming value. Like, I, I, I absolutely love that stupid uh, time travel film, The Final Countdown, where the mm. the Enterprise aircraft, nuclear aircraft carrier goes back right. to World War II. Or Peggy Sue Got Married. Oh, yeah, that too. That one's, no, you're right. That's a, that's a, that's another good one that's it's like... It's not a great film, but it has some uh, some fun little things in it. And it's like even Back to the Future <laughs> is not a perfect film series, but I love the hell out of it. You, sure, you do it. It. I think it's because the story is so endearing. You tend to ignore some of the the flaws in their theories of time travel and things that are going on. And you're like, well, wait, if he did that, wouldn't that have affected the larger scheme? And when he well, went back, you, you and, always get that too. Yeah, right? it's like whatever you do. Don't do blah because then you'll change it. Yeah. And then there's always like one person that they save, or one person that you know, like in uh, Star Trek, save the whales. Yeah, right. There's a there's a bit where McCoy, a woman, is like getting a dialysis or a yep. kidney replacement. Kidney and he, dialysis. And he, and he gives her a pill, He's fully like, functional. And and it's like McCoy, you just saved somebody's life. Yeah. What if what if she's like an Edith Keeler who needs yeah. to die, you know? And it, 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 it's funny. Which There's is another great time travel episode. There is Star only Trek. one perfect time travel movie, and that is Primer. That is the only one that nails it all to its its own rules, and it's dry as hell. 
Yeah, it's very dry. I think I remember starting to watch it with you, and I couldn't even finish it. Wow. It's, wow. it's too dry for Jeff. Yes. <laughs> I know. It oh, is, that's got to be super dry. It's super complicated, but they got it right. Well, and and like you you even like pointed out dry. that you had <laughs> you had to go online. There was like a actual like a chart. Yeah, there's that, a t- that told how accurate they were with the you know this timeline spun off of this one and this you know this timeline spun off of that one because they did this and it's just it's like this massive flow chart of well not even a flow chart. You it's do like, you do realize that? Oh, never mind. I don't want to get into that conversation. <laughs> okay. No one knows for sure. There's just theories yes so no the the large majority of of our belief in time travel is completely theoretical Mm -hmm. i mean shoot even uh, how 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 perfect is that movie if you think about it well even perfect in in terms of its own narrative logic because that's that's the big thing i think the they i'm I'm sorry jeff but even the thing in uh, endgame they they sit there and they point out paradoxes inconsistencies and then they hit paradoxes and inconsistencies endgame does not do their own narrative logic for time travel perfectly. Sure, and they know it and don't all. care. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was part of that's part of what they acknowledged. So right. within your own narrative logic, and that's where a lot of them because they'll lay out their own rules, and then yeah. and then like it. I think a lot of it is rule of cool. Yeah, they lay out their own rules, but then they hit that point in the script, and oh, wouldn't it be cool if? Uh, well, didn't they didn't they point it out in the uh, the pitch meeting? Uh, oh uh, on Jesus. on Endgame, <laughs> so especially when they they pointed out like all the different characters that have been in time travel movies. You know, it's it's like hot tub time oh, machine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sebastian, starring Sebastian Stan. Stan. Hot, uh, hot tub time. Okay, yeah. Well, there'll be a few, but um, it's um, pitch meeting. I, I think I was watching this. I don't know. Might this have been with the, Andy. This is the show we, that's on Screen Rant, right? Yes. We started yes. watching it before the show one day, but we didn't get a chance to it, finish it, it before we had to. It's start. really funny because it points, and there is a is a good way to do some criticism of narrative, you know, mishaps or plot holes or what have you, and do it in a in a way that sort of talks about it without getting all twisted about SJWs or. Whatever the hell's, or even being too nitpicky. About yes, exactly. Yeah. And um, they, uh, uh, they, 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 they did a little foxtrot all over Endgame. But it was, you know, it was reverent and funny, and it was really, really cool. I really appreciate uh, how they do that. Speaking of Endgame, no one went to re- see it in theaters. The re-release? I thought the re-release hasn't happened. Yet. It hasn't happened yet. That would be why. So yeah, no one. I thought it was this, <laughs> no, this weekend. Last I night. thought so, so too. I think by the way, July they were weekend, it's, right? it's a lead up to oh, Far wow. From Home. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't happened yet because I was on the same page as you. I'm looking for it. I've got free points to spend, and I'm going to spend it on that. And I couldn't find it anywhere because it hasn't happened yet. Oh. I did see. Uh, speaking of Far From Home, uh, I was at Best Buy, um, and they had the most recent trailer for Far From Home, which I hadn't seen yet. It hasn't been in any of the movies I've seen recently. That looks really good. I'm I'm fairly impressed I thought uh, with what I've seen so far. Um, I don't. At least when you first, it's, I'm, I'm it's, sure it'll. I'm sure it'll go there. They way. seem to be leaving it intentionally vague don't, about. You want everything revealed in the trailer, no, Matt? Huh? I, I saw it. Huh? I was like. Right, they're working together. Okay. Because at like, one point in the trailer, it seemed like he was kind of the quote-unquote typical reluctant villain, 
where like because he has a line where he says to to Spider Man, he's like, "You don't want any part of this, please." And and then the and then goes off villain. to goes you know off to causing destruction. But again, it's a trailer, so I don't put a whole lot of stock in right. how that is because a lot of times yep. they cut trailers and it's very misleading compared to well, the I, actual plot. I points. never ever gave it any fucking thought until somebody said it. Uh, I think it was. I think I might have been in a comment section, either on Twitter or YouTube. Somebody said, I used to work with like a marketing firm. We did trailers and stuff. And he's like, guys, you got to realize quite often we're cutting these things before they finish the movie. Yeah. They give us this footage and go, okay, make a trailer. And that's Period. Yeah. And, so there's and no so context to go exactly. again. Exactly. So sometimes, sometimes the marketing teams are just as much at a fucking... We take it for granted that they're finished editing and everything when they get the the movie they watch the movie and they make the trailer and apparently that is not the case so uh, since then i've been a lot more sympathetic (laughs) with trailers although i still hate you know uh, when they give shit away and stuff which one of the things is cool about far from home and it's funny because you know Mysterio's bad. You know he's going to be a bad guy. You know that's going to happen. But they're refusing to show it in the trailers. Yeah. You know, so it's like, hats off to that. Yeah, because there's even like one of the earlier um, trailers where he's shaking his hand and they, they look fairly buddy-buddy. And oh, it's they're like, sitting and talking huh. about stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah, hmm, yeah, this is like interesting. Mysterio, yeah. Sitting cool, world, but, having uh, lunch together. You know later on it's going to say, tell, tell a bitch be cool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Running a train on Mary Jane. It's just like, <laughs> so they're buddies. <laughs> they're buddies. <laughs> that yeah, one completely where the, where somewhere road, different. You see, he decided to pay. <laughs> Mysterio's like, no, I got it. And that, you know, then they became They became the giant chicken from Family Guy. And that's what happened. I said I got it. I said I got it. Let me get it. That's where it was, right there. Speaking of trailers. Oh, trailers, yeah. I had two trailers blow my mind. Absolutely stunned me. Uh-oh. The first trailer is the trailer for Amazon's The Boys. Oh, yes. For Garth Ennis' translation. I did see it. Because there was all... Because The Boys, aside from Crossed is the most violent and vulgar comic that Garth Ennis has ever done. And I don't know anything about the the specifics of the comic, like the storyline and stuff. I was blown away by that trailer. I was like, this is pretty interesting looking. And when you're done, because it's, it's, it's a red band trailer, for lack of a yeah, better word. It really is. But when you're done with that trailer, you realize, oh shit, they are giving us the boys. They are, they are not sure. They're giving you the boys, see? all. <laughs> So I am super excited for this. You should read those graphic novels; they're great. They I, are. You know, it's 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 on the list. I have, I have a stack of unread comics. I have a short list of comics that are in my want to read, and I just it's, it just well, doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day. Switch to the boys it, it, it and it shows you read. it shows you if superheroes are real. That's probably what would happen. Move it to the top. Yeah, yeah it's to it's because <laughs> actually, yeah, because you it, know it's, it's collateral damage. People are pissed off. Collateral damage. Collateral damage. The movie's starring me. <laughs> they they got a they severe got. case of celebrity syndrome. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, yeah I, the only disappointment I have and is, and I understand why they did it. I'm not, I'm not all caught up in you know why didn't they do this, but I, I really did want uh, Simon Pegg as Little Huey. Sure, but he's not so little anymore. Yeah. So there is that. Well, this guy is kind of tall. I mean, he's young, but. 
still. I also like the trailer for Amazon's Gods and Omens. That's uh, good omens. That, good, good omens. omens. Excuse me, Gods and Omens. Yeah, the uh, the. I knew what the, I, I was trying to say. Oh, out. you got it on there. Okay, okay, okay. I, I was just going to we'll save it. that because yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you had that in there. But that is fine. It's gonna make the news, yeah. and I'm gonna give you one guess as to what it, section it's in. It looks so <laughs> fun. I mean, it just like. The the acting chop, so the cast that they have oh, just that looks cast. amazing. Sweet Jesus. Um Your second trailer? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, your second trailer. Oh yeah, I've I almost forgot myself. The second trailer is <laughs> the trailer for the horror movie The Banana Splits. Oh god. Oh my god, there's a trailer now. Yes. Uh-oh. I didn't know. And there was it is a, a full on rated R slasher horror film starring the goddamn banana splits from the nineteen sixty eight oh kids god. show from Hanna Barbera. Well, you know that one. Uh, the ape dude, uh, Flegel, Snooty. Uh, I, I, I don't tr- even remember. Is Her, it Sherna Trooper? Heard of her? Maybe it's Trooper. I, I, I don't, I don't know his name. But the, the ape, one, he does look fucking creepy Great with babe. that, with that smile. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You know, so Great I, babe. I don't know, man. I haven't seen the trailer, but the, the trailer is glorious. It shows it for what it is—a straight up horror movie. Starring an actual kids program. Wow! Wow! I just, what balls! I can't wrap my mind around who the who the was that w- who it was that went into the pitch meeting and said, "All right, so this is my idea." Yeah, really. We're gonna take the children's movie from the '60s and turn it into a slasher horror film. You're gonna do what now? But I, it's, it's perfect though, because really, who has a full? Oh my God! I absolutely love him and and hold him so dearly for the banana splits. I know I've seen it. I don't remember much well, about the series. And that's just it. Most most of that's beyond our age. That's that's yeah. Andy's age. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsten's over here, like God damn it, dude. I I love banana splits, and even I'm like, this is a wonderful idea. Yes. So it's because one, it's nearly forgotten, yeah. and let's face it, there's more licensing for merchandise opportunity in this than if you just left it to the kids show yeah so good on them. oh yeah keep it going and it's going to be a limited thing i think it's a limited run to theaters and then then it's video on demand and in fact oh. it might also be just video on demand and blu-ray release really i don't even it might mm. not even be hitting theaters wow mm. interesting so i'm super excited to see it though I showed my wife. She's like, what is this thing? I'm like, let me show you the intro from 1968. <laughs> One banana, two banana, three banana, four. Yeah. Four banana makes and a bunch of So if you haven't seen the trailer <laughs> well, for Banana it. Splits or The Boys, uh, seek them out. They're seek great. Seek them out. At least it's not Jabberjaw. That would be a that's, whole nother. That's... Dun-un. <laughs> Dun-un. I'm a vegetarian. Dun, 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 See all these little vegetables going. Yeah. Like a, like a carrot in the water. <laughs> Speaking of Jaws, you see that board game they're carrying at Target now? The official Jaws board game? Really? Jaws board game? No, I did not. One player plays the shark, and the other players play the characters from the movie. Get out. And it's in two acts. The no, first act, the, the shark has tried to eat as many people as he can, and then, and the, then the shark wins. And the second one is to keep that from half Brody trying to keep people off the. And then the second part is the. I need a big ma- boat. <laughs> the boat versus shark. Oh. So it's, it was at a game conference a couple Holy months shit. back, and apparently it's now in Target. 
Oh my God! Huh. And you know how the final part of the act has to go? They they have to repurpose "Hungry Hungry Hippos," and you just sit there and you're you're slapping the button, and the shark is like cha cha cha, just jumping out and trying to grab stuff to eat it. And you, well, do I you, like that you repurpose those. <laughs> do you remember? That's where we are now. Dave. The Jaws game from the seventies. No. No? Yeah, there was a Jaws game from the 70s. Really? It was I only, a I only big... remember the Jaws game from the Nintendo, the original Nintendo. Now, this this was an actual yeah. tabletop game. A bi- it was a big plastic shark, which had a jaw that was hinged with a rubber band. And then you put a whole bunch of plastic junk, boots, tires, in the mouth, and you had little fishing poles, and you had to pull bits oh, of junk out of them. Oh, wait a minute. And if... It got too light. His jaw would clamp shut, yes. pulling all the junk into its mouth. Yeah. I have vague memories of that. Holy yeah. crap. The j- original Jaws tabletop game. Can't call it a board game because it wasn't. But it was definitely tabletop. Tabletop. <laughs> tabletop RPG. Jaws, the RPG. Parlay, parlay. I rolled a swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything else? <laughs> Anything else you roll Andy to swallow somewhere on? is screaming right now. Like, oh, I could smother that joke so well. <laughs> <laughs> right now he's uh, he's uh, he's laying right on top of his phone. His belly's right on his phone. Die. He's like he's like. There's a disturbance in the force somewhere. Yeah. Pillow, pillow, come to me. Pillow. <laughs> you know, like Thor. You know, hammer. Andy's pillow. Oh my Andy's god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Somebody tells a joke and the camera turns to Andy and he just holds his hand out. <laughs> the pillow goes right in his hand. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's a glorious image. Mike. <laughs> what the hell? Anything else, gentlemen? What and is... he, has to, he has to finish his, like, he's like, I'm still worthy. <laughs> I guess that I was... brings us to news you don't give a shit about. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Don't even fucking imitate him. No, this is Andy Free Zone. All it's right. never an Andy Free Zone. His his residue is everywhere. What's wrong, Kay? <laughs> on this show. Uh, apparently, Kay has been uh, growing Audrey, too, over here because he's fighting with this plant in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mean green mother from outer space, and I'm bad. No? <laughs> Feed me. <laughs> what's what's that all about, Kay? Holy crap. That's, that's well, that creeper plant, it. I just noticed it's like wrapping around the other end of the table. And growing out from underneath? Grow, uh, underneath the table. There's not even sunlight down there. That's, and it's heading toward underneath the couch. I think it's trying to have sex with this power cord. Oh, Jesus. It's like, ooh, it yeah. learned from that dog that stayed here for a while. <laughs> but, uh, wow, that thing is just like expanding. And it's so funny because the, the three-foot-long creeper is the healthiest part of the plant. The plant by the pot looks like hell <laughs> but the, the the three foot creeper is dark green and lush and shiny and, well, and apparently got, active yes that thing was encircling a leg in a box well you got the anunnaki wooden statues there so uh, uh-huh. and then i have to hear the uh, the whole andy's residue is everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh come on you wake up and you're like oh what is this <laughs> What is this? Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Andy. We're <laughs> crazy. It's like how he walks into like a spider's web going out of yeah, the bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh! it's, like, it's like, you haven't even been in my room. How? Why? 
yeah, I just found it. Uh, Jaws the Game, 1975. How much are they going for? Or I think it's also called The Game of Jaws. Um, <gasps> eBay, it's going from anywhere from $95 up to $325 right there you now. Go. Good God damn. Break out your copy, Matt. I know. The, the, the unopened <laughs> one from 75 is currently at 325 Nah, get, get the open one. Just add some new rubber band to it. You're good. <laughs> get the old rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> the jaw never closed. Daddy, yes. I keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. After more than 25 years of publishing, some of the most acclaimed comics in publishing... The long-running DC Entertainment imprint Vertigo is closing down. DC Comics announced that it plans to sunset the publishing imprint, which was lost, launched in 1993 as an outlet for DC's adult-oriented superhero stories and non-superhero books at the end of this year to make way for new publishing system that unites all books under the DC banner in 2020. This means recently launched young reader imprints, DC Zoom and DC Inc. will also be shuttering, folded into a new three-tiered system that will group books under labels based on their intended age groups. Quote, we're returning to a singular presentation of the DC brand that was presented throughout most of our history until 1993 when we launched Vertigo to provide an outlet for edger material. DC publisher Dan Didio said in a statement, that kind of material is now mainstream across all genres, so we thought it was the right time to bring greater clarity to the DC brand and reinforce our commitment to storytelling for all of our fans in every age group. This new system will replace the age ratings we currently use in our material, unquote. That sounds weird. It does. <laughs> Under its new publishing system, launching in January 2020, here it goes, here it goes. DC will release all books intended for readers age 8 through 12 under the DC Kids label, while books intended for readers 13 and up will be published under primary DC label. The already announced DC Zoom and DC Inc. titles coming in 2020 will be sorted into these two groups according to books intended for audiences 17. Uh, I'm waiting for the price tier drop. Come on, say it. Oh, I, I forgot the period. Books intended for audiences... <laughs> Age 17 or older, which were often Vertigo titles, oh yeah, will be published under the already-in-use DC Black Label branding. The previously announced Black Label titles that will keep branding, while DC Label will also be repurposed for all DC's upcoming adult-oriented titles. So, Quote, what we've done here is apply an ages and stages organize, organizing philosophy that will strengthen what we've already been doing well, whether and that is... price tier. Come on, drop it. Stages. Let's go. Come on. Where's the price tier? <laughs> I'm waiting for that DC shoe to drop. Where our move into the young adult and middle grade audience and our long track record with success with creator-driven pop lines. That's from uh, uh, Chief Creative Officer Jim Lee. He continues... We will also continue to publish creator-owned projects and will evaluate and assign the appropriate label to help our fans find the best books for their interests. These new labels not only bring greater consistency and focus to our characters, but they, off, off, but they also open up a wealth of new opportunities for the talent working on our books. Unquote. Under the leadership of editorial luminaries like Karen Berger, the Vertigo label became synonymous in the 1990s with bold new stories that often challenged or completely blew up pre-existing expectations for what comics could be. 
Among the many masterpieces released through Vertigo were Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, which began as as DC Comics before migrating to Vertigo when the imprint was founded, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon's Preacher, Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson's Transmetropolitan, Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrera's Why the Last Man, Bill Willingham and Mark Buckingham's Fables, and Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. So yeah, they they've got rid of imprints altogether. Now it's all DC. Got rid of imprints. Now it's all labels. Yeah. Okay. That but, solves the problem. But the the here, yes, here's, here's my here's my brain falls apart on it because Vertigo was the place you went when you wanted to get away from the DC universe. Yeah. But you wanted that. There was a style to Vertigo. You knew what kind of things you were getting into, whether it was mm. more to the arts side or more to the extreme side for dealing with Garth Ennis. But they tended to have a little more, aside from just adult themes, a little more art to them. Yeah. Was as it far as the storytelling. Under Vertigo? No, but that was no. prior to Vertigo. Oh, okay. Has it been republished under Vertigo? Because I swear no, I saw no. something that art. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but now everything is going to be under DC Black, which encompasses mature superhero stories. And so does that mean they're... And mature superhero. It's just 17 and up. It's, yeah. It's not like they said, <clears throat> I'm, dude, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know. Okay. <laughs> You're right. It's news I don't give a shit about. Sure. Uh, I, I kind of mourn the loss of it. I, I mean, I realize sure. that yeah. they've been losing ground to Dark Horse and Image and Top Cow and other companies that are also publishing adult-oriented yeah. comics. But does that... I have a hard time with this DC Black as a separate entity. Right. You're not going to get Bite Club. You're not going to get Invisibles under that. Uh, and if you do, are you incorporating that into the DC universe then? If you exactly. publish a new Sandman, does that mean Batman's coming back in like he did originally in the first few issues? That's uh, an excellent question. And, and yeah. that's what's kind of confusing with DC Black for me. Are, are you going to do separate comics and that's just a label for it? Or is it part of the greater DC universe now? I guess some we'll w- find out. Some will be, some won't be. Great. How do I tell the difference now? Don't know. I don't it's, know. It's crazy. I'm waiting for the price tier. It's, <laughs> it's, it's comics. It's, it's, it's. You said tier, and he just oh, okay. he, he started the tier up. Oh, yes, that's that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Before we go any further, yes. I forgot. You forgot. Oh. Yes. We had oh. a delivery. Oh. We so. got a delivery. Yes, Needy delivery. Did. Like, wait, oh, like, like physical mail? Opening mail, and I know how you love that, Gordo. I know mail. how you love that. It's just. My. All right, so you make that. <laughs> oh my good! What 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 are you? Po- oh, it's wrapped even further still. Yeah. In a watermelon and unicorn. Oh, uh, yeah. that says, paper? That says good too. vibes. Good and vibes. Sweet, sweet. Good vibes, man. It's sweet. Sparkle it's man. a nice little wrap. And it's pink. It's it's. it's eh, I I'm gonna share it. Okay, so this wrap makes me happy. What do we got here? Okay. What do we got here? Well, Uh-oh. it looks like. It uh, looks like a box of Oreos, but probably isn't. Okay. Oh, then that must be for me. Uh, <laughs> for Todd, open second. 
Open second. Okay. <laughs> it is. Oh, you know it's Oreo, so I'm just gonna take it home and eat them later. For everyone else, open first. Oh, oh Jesus! That's a cool box. Yeah, look, that cool. that box looks like a book. It yeah. Does look like it. In fact, I think it was at one point. Look, it actually has a spine on it. It was a book. That is a cool goddamn on, open box. It, Jeff. Open the box. What's in the box? Uh, I'm trying to find out, but yeah, it's taped yeah, closed. Yeah, podcast is ticking here. Yeah, no. <laughs> Ooh. 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 Girl everyone else, please don't. No, please take these cookies as a bribe. Don't let Todd fuck this up. <laughs> What's in the box? Open the box, Todd. Your scoop friend, Thomas Bailey, a.k.a. Doc Scoop. <laughs> So we, we actually oh, have did, some thin mints. What did John Mean Hastings send me this time? And some Oreos. <laughs> have an Oreo. Don't Matt. fuck this up, oh, Todd. Oreo, All right. You don't get any Oreos, This is an Todd. Oreo box. I'm just oh, going to save this like for a, later. A no, no, like, open it. Open it. Come on, open it. What's in the box? I'm not hungry right now. Open yeah. it. Yeah. Might not be Oreos. Pretend okay. that you are. I'll I save will... these two for Andy. See, they're Oreos. Oh. They're actually Oreos. I'm going to save these for... Oh, wait. There's something else in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is... Oh, it's, it's, it's on, there's writing on the front. Uh, dear Todd, I hope time. this book finds you at all. <laughs> <laughs> After sitting on the shelf for two weeks, I hope you continue to enjoy the series. Your friend and loyal listener, Thomas Bailey, a.k.a. Doc Scoop. Yes, it is the Great Hunt. Uh, great Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> what the great the great uh, great on <laughs> the uh, book by Robert Jordan the second in the Wheel of Time another reason why I'm really glad we have this book catch up month coming up because <laughs> I don't need the Wheel of Time piling up on me as well as everything else. Yeah. So thank you. On thank you, Mr. Bailey. How many I books in that series so far? Uh, Forty-eight. Oh, it's done. It's, it's not as big as the Horus Heresy, but it's up no, there. It's like 14 or something. Yeah, 14. Oh, okay. 14 uh, triple-sized books, so it's 48. Yeah, yeah bullet stoppers. Um, this is one of the smaller ones, and the, this uh, clocks in at 709? Yeah. Uh, Moiraine has been uh, announced, uh, the actress that Ah, uh, yes. You don't have that in news, do you? I do not. I, who the hell was it? Because it was really funny, because Moiraine is really petite- she really tiny, and this this actress, I was like, I don't. Is she petite? It was really funny, but I can't remember who the hell it was. Hmm. I, I I will say that I'm definitely going to be chasing this series as we get closer and closer to go time for the wheel of wheel of time. That's going to be on Amazon, right? Go time. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Amazon bought that. So does Amazon have that and Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Damn. They got all the money, man. They're going to be re. They're going to be re. Relabeled a new brand, the Fantasy Channel. They'll just be fantasy streaming, and it'll have some weird spelling, all a sci-fi. That's right. Or Seafy, as Todd used to call it forever. Seafy, yeah, indeed. Yeah, and there'll be a tier price tier system. Right. Get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, you'll have tier. you'll like have have your your average stuff. You'll have your uh, mature titles. Yes. They'll all be on a different tier. Yep. So thank you again, Mr. Bailey, and for all the Oreos, because Oreos rock. And looking around at everyone's boilers, yeah, we need these oilers. I mean, these Oreos. Oil- <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I've never heard him actually speak boilers and oilers. Before. Wow, I'm hiding thinking, my boilers. I was thinking, I was uh, honestly, I was thinking hockey, and the Edmonton Oilers popped in my head, and I was thinking of that trade. And as I was talking, I said Oilers. Wow. Wow. And he said hockey. <laughs> oh, hockey. Rosamund Pike. 
Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And what's she been in? Um, A lot of things. I think her biggest was like, so far may have been Gone Girl. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Gone Girl. Terrific. Yeah, she's like she's got that face that you've seen in a bunch of movies, but you can't ever remember her name. Yeah, and, she uh, was a yeah. she was a Bond girl in uh, may have been the Die Another Day. Yeah, was, that was the one. Oh, she the was good in. Bond movie. Yeah, the the, the forgettable <laughs> <laughs> the forgettable Brosnan film. <laughs> Poor guy had to go out on a whimper. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bailey. I I really appreciate this because I'm enjoying the Wheel of Time so far. But I have to wait till after the week's book. So it, it, it's piling up. But thank you. Thank you so much. News you don't give a shit about. I was still on that. Former Toys R Us executive Richard Berry, now the CEO of True Kids, Inc., is shopping around plans to resurrect the brand, the Toys R Us brand, in the form of six stores and a website. If his pitch comes to pass, the physical Toys R Us locations would be about the thir- a third of the size of the original stores with 10,000 square feet. Moreover, they would have more interactive experiences such as play areas and ex- exercise a business model of not paying toy makers until cust- consumers purchase their products. Even with Amazon, Target... Yeah, that's a confusing look, Kay. That's, that's the proper response. Uh-huh. Even with Amazon, Target, what toy is going to sign that? Even with Anyways. Amazon, Target, and Walmart swooping in to fill the massive void left by the extinction of Toys R Us, well-established and lucrative toy sellers are still ready and willing to provide inventory to the stores should they make a comeback. In March 2018, it was announced that Toys R Us had filed for bankruptcy and would be closing all 800 locations in the United States. Not long after major liquidation sales got underway, as the uh, company's competitors, like KB Toys, promised to pick up the slack. That summer, hope was restored when former CEO Jerry Storch was exploring a possible reboot for the chain. In the fall, Toys R Us canceled plans for bankruptcy option in the hopes of an ambitious reorganization plan. So here we go. Six stores nationwide. New York, L.A. Half the size... A third of the size. A third is so they're going for a faux FAO Schwartz. Uh, Even uh, FAO model. Schwartz is longer, bigger than theirs. So is. it sounds like they've expanded <laughs> upon their their notion of being an on, online only retailer because uh, definitely they were. I mean, I I remember a few months ago they were they were floating the idea of doing an online only sales like to compete with like Entertainment Earth, Think Geek, and um, you know Big Bad Toy Store. Those kinds yeah, of online only work. retailers. For toys, I'm still kind of confused with the whole. We're not selling it. We're not giving money to the. Right. Yeah, that right there. Makers until we sell it. So we're we're, we're a retail well, outlet. So, it, so that we're not. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's going to sink them right there. Um, it's, that kind of gets into the whole mess that is, you know, when especially like with brick and mortar uh, stores, rather. Hmm. They, there's a whole weird financial thing that they have set up with their suppliers. Um, they have things called like Net 180, Net 360, etc. And that's the number of days that it takes for the time from the time they receive the shipment till they actually pay the uh, oh the supplier. That, so that I, sounds horrible. Yeah, and it's a supplier distributor. A mutual friend of ours uh, was doing that with business, and you know he had like Net 60, and that was pushing it. You know, when it took 60 days. For the people that he supplied, 
his goods to to actually pay him for those goods. So the, the belief is that you know it gives them time to actually sell the product, earn the money, and then pay you, uh, and that they don't just have inventory sitting on the shelves, you know, not so selling. So are, are you telling me that Net three sixty means you have a year? Um, Walmart and Target are Net three sixty outlets. Yeah, but they can eat that though. They can afford it. Yeah. Well, but it's but still, which, it's yeah. what it is. Is it's basically those companies saying we're not going to pay you for a year. But because we're so powerful, you have to supply us with yeah. your goods and just hope that we're going to pay you eventually. That means Jaws the game will get paid next year. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I think Net 180 was like the, other than like Walmart and Target and stuff like that, is oh. the, was the highest that there was up until I thought those the two Net 180 mega outlets. Was, they huh? just gave the, gave the toy back. Yeah. Because it's 180. Oh, <laughs> not 180. I get it. Well, not to mention Thank if you. they ever put Thank anything you, on You're clearance, welcome. they don't have to pay the full price of what they supplied for you. Oh. So if it sits too long, they put it on clearance. They're like, well, we only sold X amount of the product, so this is all we're paying you. Yeah. It's really convoluted, and it's really disheartening if you ever get deep into how business works with sounds, that Sounds like a good reason not to have big conglomerate companies. Yeah, well... <laughs> We're we're well past that. Yeah, uh, just a little that point of change. <clears throat> All hail the corporation. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Wayland Tutani, what what is it? Wayland Yutani. It's gonna be Disney Amazon. Hmm. Pretty much. Uh, Disney yeah. Amazon Walmart maybe. No. Nope. Walmart all. You, you think Walmart's gonna lose? That? I think Disney'll buy it. Dismazon. <laughs> Eventually. Actually, Disney and and Amazon will fight for it, and that's how they come together as a that's single true. group. They will come. They will unite in the face of a common like, enemy. Why are we M-M-M-E. doing this? Let's. Yeah, you're right. You it, know, it's like and a then, it's like a tie and over the top. You just yeah, yeah. And you'll have yeah, yeah. you'll right. have the meet in the middle. And just don't move in. Bob Iger and and Jeff Bezos look longingly in each other's eyes, and then they tongue kiss, and, match together, uh, and yeah, just slap sweaty body. And, you see, and the Walton family's like, oh, God. <laughs> 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 oh, no. Slap sweaty assets and exchange liabilities. and Wow. Got a whoa out of Jeff. We didn't even get into slipping him an injunction. <laughs> Dismazon. Dismazon. <laughs> I think Walmart is the weaker of the three. No, uh, you think so? Uh-huh. So it's gonna be Disney. Yeah. Disney. Don't worry. Walmart. Actually, no, it'll be Disney, Amazon. No, it won't be Amazon. They Disney, will Disney, kill Amazon. Walmart, mm-hmm. and then all of those workers will already be on food stamps. So <laughs> I mean, it really don't matter. I just watched uh, Demolition Man last night for the first time in a few years, and I'm sitting here going, I'm like. That that line in there where they say all restaurants are now Taco Bell. I've, I just had the horrible thought like now all stores are Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where it's going. Wallazon. Wallazon will be the retail division. Kneel before Amazon. Yeah. Dismazon will be the entertainment dis- division. Yep. Dismazon is how Dismazon, I feel right now. Wallazon. <laughs> I like that. Wallazon. Dismazon. I like that. Kay. I'm telling you, man. I like that. The wave of the future. Uh-huh. We will be geekazon. If only. Yeah. That's great. Don't worry. It'll happen. We'll get there. We've got a loyal following. Yes, we do. Thomas Bailey sends you a book every couple of months, man. Just, We're yes. building an what empire. A, and, a, and a library. 
Your library's in storage. <laughs> Not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It'll never all make it into storage. News you don't give a shit about. As uh, we alluded to earlier, recently, the religious group known as the Return to Order, already a, a name. Wow. See, that doesn't I have, I was going to say, that Jesus doesn't have fuck. any fascist undertones there. Good Christ. Oh, fucking hell. Started circulating a petition to get the series Good Omens canceled on Netflix for, so what, retarded. It, for what it considers to be blasphemous content. The glaring problem with their petition is the show isn't on Netflix. Who runs Netflix? Who the, what the? F- we have good omens? Yeah. <laughs> we have good omens. No, right. no. Okay. Why didn't right, you tell right. me we had it? You're fired. <laughs> but I, but I. Get, get out of here. Clear your office now. Look at this. 20,000 signatures says we got it. You're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, this- it's not us. Okay, good. Wait. We lost the bidding on getting that? You're definitely fired. <laughs> who, who lost that? You were supposed to get that. No, we we did. We, we, you're fired. Clear out your desk. <laughs> <laughs> the six-episode limited series is exclusive to Amazon Prime's streaming platform. Quote, I love that they're going to write to Netflix and try to get Good Omens cancels. Says it all, really. Unquote. Showrunner and author Neil Gaiman wrote. <laughs> Netflix UK re- uh released a statement saying, okay, we promise not to make any more, unquote. <laughs> the argu- those cheeky <laughs> Brits. <laughs> right? <laughs> Glorious. The argument made by Return to Order was that Good Omens attempts to make Satanism appear normal, light, and acceptable. And, quote, destroys the barriers of horror and society still has for the devil. Uh, They also added, go ahead, be afraid. You taste so much better when you're afraid. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Pennywise. (laughs) (laughs) Unsurprisingly, they also took issue with God being voiced by a woman, actor Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand. Yes. Yeah. A return to orders. Back. This is the goddamn name. Who, who, who is this talking to me? It's Gad. <laughs> yes. Return to orders petition has just north of 20,000 signatures. The group has also addressed their error, updating their website to clarify that protests will be delivered to Amazon. Don't worry. We fucking got this. Unquote. Jeff Bezos quote. <laughs> we fucking got this. <laughs> Love it. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, Good Omen stars uh, Michael Sheen as the angel uh, Fail and uh, David Tennant as the demon Crowley, who team up to stop the, uh, the coming apocalypse. It premiered on Amazon Prime at the end of May. God, what was, I love that? and hate the story in equal measure. Yeah. Just what was the, um, the return tweet Amazon said? Hey, oh, Netflix. yeah, it's a, here it is. Uh, Amazon and Netflix troll each other about good omens and stranger things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Netflix, uh, well, the, the one that he said was like, okay, we promise not to make any more. And then Amazon Prime Video says, hey, at Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things if you cancel Good Omens. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one. That yeah. one I, I yeah. was laughing my ass off when I read that one because that was my first introduction to this story because mm-hmm. that, that was the top of the article. And I'm like, 
wait, wait a, a minute. minute. And then I started reading deeper, and I started <laughs> laughing so hard. You know what? It, go ahead. Keep doing this, because it's great advertisement for yeah. Good Omens. Yeah, really. It's the... It's the ben- the the Simpsons uh, married with children it yeah. just it doesn't it doesn't work it, it, it never so free advertising never hurts sure it was it was when the Christians got all crazy about Ozzy biting the head off the bat that jump started Ozzy into yeah. major solo stardom so yeah yep. go ahead keep going keep being stupid and making fun people richer great no no Jeff you're doing it wrong it's got to be like this. They're all melty. Oh, God. Why did you just do that, you son of a bitch? I'm not done eating it. There's a whole other sleeve oh, in there, man. Okay. All right, cool. uh, in in case Andy you can't style. see, which you can't, um, <laughs> Kay is grinding his thumb into the Thin Mints, the chocolate, all along all the edges. A la Andy. A la Andy. Too much to the horror of Matt. <laughs> That's why I said his residue is everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> And that brings us to Weekend Geek! Kirsten's infected! <laughs> there is no cure. Flash Gordon. Ah. Uh, thank you. Will make his. Oh, that made Kay laugh from the kitchen. I can hear him from here. All right. Flash That's Gordon. not even the first time I've done that, Kay. Yeah, but the timing was great, Jeff. Yeah. It was proper timing. Flash Gordon will make his animated resurgence, thanks in part to Thor Ragnarok director Taika Watiti. <laughs> Since debuting in the 30s, resurging in the 80s, and being juggled by filmmakers like Matthew Vaughn and Overlord's Julius Avery in recent years, is now being handled by uh, Watiti, uh, handed over by Fox Disney. Even if Watiti doesn't end up seeing the project to completion, his involvement will certainly grace the cult character with a certain humor. His uh, his next film is the live-action version of Akira. So, Watiti has got Flash Gordon, the animated movie. Uh, Apparently, that's all there's to say about that. Gordon? (laughs) Alive? No, the the reason I I laughed... Is it voiced by... uh, In the the kitchen, it kind of sounded like... "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Jeff, I know you do it every time somebody says Flash Gordon. Uh. I just... just, (laughs) uh, uh. And that's what killed wow. it. Wow. It was over there in the kitchen, so it, probably the way the sound the bounced reverberation. off. The reverberation sure. yeah. throughout sure, your place. Kay. Yeah. Sure, that's, yeah, that's what, what happened. happened. No, sure it's Flash it. Gordon in the later stages of his life <laughs> on, on Mongo Residential. Just one. before he goes in the Captain Pike chair. <laughs> Flash. Next will be Flash. Boop. <laughs> boop, boop. Gordon's alive? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he is. He's, he's using a hawk person's light, you know, sky cycle to maintain his life. Every great he's in a sky but... cycle. Boop. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants are... to live forever? <laughs> Die. Wrong, wrong movie. <laughs> No, that's right. <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki's iconic animation studio, Studio Ghibli, is going to be getting its first theme park in Japan. Studio Ghibli will handle the creative side of the project, and the park will be filled with five themed areas based on the film, such as Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, and more. There were 
these were the only two specific movies mentioned in the report. The theme park will be built within Expo 2005, Aichi Commemorative Park. The park is scheduled to open in the fall of 2022, with additional attractions opening a year later. Ghibli producer Toho, uh, Toshio Suzuki jokingly said that Miyazaki, who currently is working on a new feature, quote, is really worried about the Ghibli park. He can't leave anything up to other people. He's a meddlesome old man, unquote. <laughs> it was also revealed that Miyazaki's only son, Agoro Miyazaki, is, quote, working hard on the park project, but Miyazaki is not the type to look on supportively from a distance. <laughs> he starts in right away with do this and don't do that, unquote. I can hardly wait. I want to go on the cat that's a school bus ride. Oh, yes, absolutely. Did we ever cover on here, speaking of <laughs> theme parks, that Lionsgate is making a Lionsgate entertainment world in China? Yes. Yes, we did. <clears throat> I, I I came across a video presentation of that uh, on YouTube this week, this weekend, rather. And I was just like, what? I can't wait for the Saw coaster. <laughs> it's, it, look, most of the, the, the stuff isn't Indian. like even yeah. like a roller coaster. It's Some of the experiences are on like ride cars with VR headsets do you want to ride a ride <laughs> that'd be great like i mean just some of the properties they're doing hunger games divergent twilight Saw. gods, on, of, gods Saw. of egypt of all things i'm like that movie really? did so poorly yes maybe it did good in japan uh, China, it, though. you're right yeah. it, the, a lot of those films do really well overseas and we only pay attention to our local box that's office. right Domestic. Fuck those guys. But, uh, yeah, I was just because we got the ball. Oh, wait, I was shocked <laughs> looking at the the uh, the CG artist renditions of some of the things that they're doing, and I'm like, this looks horrible. But you know, it's in uh, in China, so <laughs> so What's Jeff, Jeff don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's in China, dude. They got a Tron roller coaster over there in Shanghai. I want to ride that thing. Asia's yeah. first movie themed vertical indoor experience. There you go, vertical. So funny, vertical. Vertical, or is I it, heard vertigo it's, theme. It's yeah. vertical because apparently the the actual physical footprint is not very large, so they built up. So a lot of the a lot of the um, rides and stuff are in buildings that are on multiple floors. Hmm. Now, do you, if they're going to do this, we they got to do some besides the ones you just said. Those are just the the highlighted ones that were in the video. Sure, because. Lionsgate's got their hands in a lot of distribution. Oh, yeah. Well, so, not to mention a lot of their distribution is uh, co-financed by several Chinese uh, banking firms. So, so, oh no. what would be the John Wick ride? What would oh. that be like? What do you think would be in the John Wick ride? Lots is it of... John Wick POV or villain trying to get John Wick? Well, that's what we're POV. trying to figure out here. Yeah. If it's John Wick POV, you're going to, you know, be... Uh, you know, riding on a motorcycle, suddenly you're on a horse, then you're smashing into a car and driving the car. Lots of red and blue lighting. A VR, yes. I so probably no. a VR experience. I probably. No. You'll hear, I'm not in the ride, but I'm standing outside the ride, and has anyone seen my dog? No? And then we're going to, ah! There he, well, that's the ride right there. So they're probably going to have a step-up show, <laughs> right? What's the Medea ride going to be like? Oh, God. <laughs> 
What? No one's touching that? No one's touching it? No. Not, gonna, not, not <laughs> touching Andy's that Andy's not here. <laughs> oh, he had touched all that. <laughs> he had touched his, all his, res- that. his residue not, would be all over that one. Not, not here to go into an inappropriate area for that particular property. <laughs> how, how about the Blair Witch Ride? What would that be like? Oh, no, no, I've got this one. I've got this one. Uh, it'd be like the Gravitron, except you're facing the corner. Okay. <laughs> so you smash your face up against it, and then you float up. So, yeah. That's cool. And then your nose is, like, const- constantly running sure. while you're trying to talk to the camera. So tell me what the <laughs> hostile experience will be like. Ooh. Um, I don't know. They're clipping off your digits off your hands one by one, and then they start with your toes. I don't know. Full extreme, little extreme, but sure. Hmm. Jeff, you're not even trying. <laughs> Hostel was not one of my favorite. I mean, it just, it was, I did not like it at all. Uh, how about how about the Expendables? How about the Expendables ride? Um, uh, over you, the top explosions. Um, and you have to be uh, 60 years or older yes, to ride. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. Seniors only. Get a discount. <laughs> What? I just love the big, the big cricket silence. (laughs) You mean the one I'm going to edit out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't care. (laughs) And that one too. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. How about the dogma ride? Kevin Smith's dogma. How how could you even deal with supernatural uh, elements? Oh, no, no. Oh, that's true. China, yeah. This is true. We're going to have to throw that one right out. You just hear a lot of Alanis Morris. Now, they did release Cube, so that could be a fun... Yeah. Like an escape room. Right. Cube would make an awesome escape room. Okay, here's the ultimate... Cube would be you escape from one escape room into another escape room into another escape room, and then you realize there is no escape. Yeah, no dying. Right, yeah. Another one? Oh, what the... Yep. All right, we solved this one. Okay, we're finally out. Un- yep. All right, I'm going to ramp up the difficulty, gentlemen. This is this is okay. this is expert level. What ride would we have for Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9/11? <laughs> oh God. Well, <laughs> is it a drop tower? Uh, well, at least it's eventually, not. <laughs> if it's if it's Fahrenheit 11.9, there would be no ending. Uh, Fahrenheit 9/11. Yeah. Uh, oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's not tough. Okay. It's just tough to say <laughs> out loud. <laughs> Go for it. Do it. But you have just did. you have oh. the on Golden Pond paddle boats. That would work. <laughs> a, a dirty dancing show. Uh, they own It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. That's well. That's where most that's of when their... they picked up from Republic. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that has funded a lot of what they do. Because it's played everywhere every year. They get all the licensing from it. And then we'll end with uh, the Hotel Rwanda ride. What? <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Don't do that no. one. <laughs> nope, that, that, never mind. All right, that one's you, easy. Delete so, that from uh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want a Lion's Gate theme park. <laughs> no, you really don't. <laughs> Our version. So uh, Andy did a quick video. <clears throat> oh, okay. a couple hours I, I, ago. I don't. Oh my! What is this? And and like we should care type? why. <laughs> <laughs> or are you, you just screen this video? Just screen it. Oh, okay. Screen it. No, I haven't screened oh, it. Okay. Then, uh, but it's funny because we mentioned Bear Blair Witch, and he's he's in he's outside in the dark, 
in New England. Recording. He's just he's, he's just recorded a video going, "Help me, I'm lost." Yeah, I was gonna say basically he he's lost. So I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't know what's going it's on. It's probably one Jeff, of those. How do I, I turn my location services on yeah. on my phone? Exactly. Wow, I'm lost. I was just gonna say it's probably he he probably went out to make it seem like he was lost as a lark and then got really lost. So the video is. is I don't him. even want to play it now. I like our, our version of it. <laughs> Turns into a Tremblay novel. An Andy theme park. <laughs> That's just a big slip and slide. Yeah, I was going to say, like, every every surface of every area of the park is that super polished concrete like they do on the uh, the uh, the drift yeah. uh, go-karts. So, like, you're, you're constantly just sliding everywhere. And when you eat a powdered donut, somebody comes out with a little spray machine and it's like... <laughs> Um, the holes of every cup of every cup has a little dribble has a little hole. dribble hole in yeah, it yeah, that yeah. you can never find because it's conveniently hidden in the ink yeah. la- layer on there. So there you're you just go. like, what the hell? It's like that's the third time I've spilled. A- Is there a hole in this cup? And you're like searching for like half an hour trying. And to it's find got it. this really creepy override that kills the mute feature on your phones, <laughs> so your phones are always on. And then it'll just randomly call you. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, it, they have those little tiny hidden speakers throughout the park that just have the little cell phone blurps. There you go. That, that you're, like, constantly checking your phone. I'm like, where the hell did that come Is from? Is that you? That's not me. It's not me. It, well, it's not me. It's got to be you. <laughs> the park employees are, um, you know, encouraged to walk up and say stuff in random people's conversations. Yep. And try to yep. kill the conversation. <laughs> yes. You're getting like hit that. in the face with pillows. <laughs> The benches are extra long so you can manspread. And the back of the park is a four mile by four mile a square grid of desert. They have to go out and find a rock to put a plaque on. <laughs> and you, you go out there by yourself or you can uh, bring along three clampers that this it's hotel there you <laughs> go. park yeah. employees that like, go with you. But you know, right off of that is the roll the giant egg down the cave ride. <laughs> that one is fun. And that the caricature exciting. area, everybody is dressed like Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's doing caricatures. It's like, do your own caricature. Ah, <laughs> you only got 20 minutes. <laughs> Here's the airbrush. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have we missed anything? What else is in the news? <laughs> And then there's a bunch of Duncans. Have you seen my dad? <laughs> Have you seen? It's a bunch of little kids like lost. Have you seen my dad? Have you seen my dad? No, no, Have you seen they're my dad? not lost. They're, he's lost. <laughs> Have you seen my dad? I think he's lost. <laughs> Just some, some little kid walks up to you and says that, <laughs> and then walks away. You're like, eh, what the hell? Opening in China. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Josh Boone's adaptation of The Stand by Stephen King for CBS All Access is locking down its principal cast. Based on intel from multiple agency sources, the 10-episode miniseries is eyeing an all-star ensemble. The following actors are allegedly being circled for the show's main roles. The first one has been confirmed, James Marsden is Stuart Redman, a simple man from Arnett, Texas, who becomes one of the most important leaders of the human survivors. Odessa Young from Assassination Nation as Franny Goldsmith, a young woman from Maine who helps restart society and falls in love with Stu. Henry Zaga from The New Mutants as Nick Andros, a deaf and mute drifter with a kind heart who becomes an invaluable asset to the new society in Colorado. 
Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail Fremantle. Who huh. else? Right? Interesting. Yeah, Who I like that. Else? I like that cast. 108 yep. year old woman with magical prophetic abilities. In time, she becomes the central rallying point for those who wish to oppose Randall Flagg. Greg Kinnear as Glenn Bateman, a somewhat pompous but lovable academic with a few less than optimistic uh, predictions of humanity's fate. Oh, man. Somebody posted on the internet, they're like, Greg Kinnear is old enough to play Glenn now. <laughs> wow. That's where we're at, people. <laughs> and Amber Heard from Aquaman is Nadine Cross, a former school teacher who believes it is her destiny to be with Flag and lose her virginity to him. Mm. The Stand, first published in... <laughs> wow, you wow, got, you got, wow, you got Jeff no, on that Amber, one. That's, that's Amber you, Heard. Yeah, I know. You're gonna, she's, that's she's, what I heard. She's pretty hot. Yeah, she is. Well, that's what I heard. <laughs> Stan, first published in 1978, chronicles the collapse of civilized society when the United States government accidentally unleashes a weaponized superflu upon humanity. After 90% of the world's population dies out from the raging sickness, a ragtag group of immune survivors are left to pick up the pieces of civilization and contend with a new threat, an evil magic man by the name of Randall Flagg, who begins consolidating his power in the American West. With more than 1,300 pages, The Stand was influenced by King's love, J.R.R. Tolkien. The novel was first adapted into a miniseries in 94 for ABC. Uh, Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, and Rob Lowe all starred in the four-episode event. In addition to directing, Boone will also be producing the miniseries for CBS All Access. I want to eliminate Ragtag from any pitch from now on. <laughs> it just seems so overused. The last survivors of Earth leading a ragtag rag fugitive fleet. Fugitive. I, I think ragtag's a good description uh, of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Fleeing the Cylon tyranny. But, uh, yeah. Can you believe that happy crappy? That's fun. Yeah, I'm this this. Who is Randall Flag again? Or did uh, they not they have, have not, Okay, yeah, that that's, that's the one they haven't. It's Rick Flag. It's Rick Flag. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. I mean, uh, give him a little more meat to work with. I think it could be McConaughey, although I fully expect Ooh. him to not cast out of that Dark Tower. Yeah. So, but it could have been McConaughey. It could have been. Um, uh, Looking for his Lincoln. <laughs> God. Momo. Those Lincoln commercials. You think so? I. Well, I don't think so. I'm just saying. Think I, it'd be a good one. I would. Wouldn't you like to see Jason Momoa playing Flag? I think give it give it that great. kind of gravitas. Give him no, uh, gravitas, yeah, kind of a savage joy. So yeah. Ronan, I was gonna say yeah, more like uh, well, I was gonna say more like Cal um, uh, Drogo. You know that kind of okay. that kind of well, menacing. Yeah, menacing, but but, but flag, like very primitive menacing as a flag opposed to, is also incredibly. Friendly, right? Like the way he brings in Trash Can Man, right? Yeah. Right? It's really seductive, and it is really outgoing. Because Flag is basically smiles until he starts not getting his way, right? And then is when it goes south. And I think that could be whatever Hollywood producer seems to be listening to our show, because occasionally our ideas filter through. Sure, you yeah, know. Right? Think about Momo. Think of the Momo. Yeah. I'm, you know, someday I'm going to find out he hates being called that. <laughs> He's probably going to show up at a podcast and beat the shit out of He's him. probably the producer listening going, get this again. 
You all right? You all right, Jeff? You got a scratch? You itchy? Well, I was, <laughs> I was trying to subtly point out the chocolate you have on your face, but... This is a ragtag podcast. <laughs> what do you expect? There's chocolate all over his face. Plus, we were just talking about the Andy theme park. He was getting into it. Yeah. yeah. That's right. You know... You know He's he, getting into character. He actually... He actually does, in fact, refuse to eat powdered donuts around us ever again. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> I still remember. That was an episode I wasn't have- even there for. But I remember Matt going, look at Andy. He just looks like he did so much cocaine. What the hell? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, that's awesome. We change lives. <laughs> <laughs> Not always for the better, but we definitely <laughs> change them. Changed. They're changed. Hey, you want to change? You got it. <laughs> it's like get the uh, get the little stencil of uh, Trump, you know, and he kind of has a shrug, and you put underneath it, change. <laughs> you want to change? You got it. It's different now. <laughs> change? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> change. Change. This August. Todd McFarlane's Spawn will hit a major milestone with its supersized 300th issue, featuring McFarlane returning to pencil and inking on the book for the first time since 1995. Wow. It's a big moment for the character that was the vanguard of the character-owned comics movement of the 1990s, but with the very next issue, Spawn will top it. In September, Image Comics will release Spawn number 301. And in the process, Spawn will take the record as the longest-running creator-owned comic ever. Quote, I could think of no better reason to return to the drawing board than to celebrate the world-breaking 301st episode of the Spawn comic, McFarlane said in a statement from Image. 27 years ago, I began this journey on the Spawn title. That start, along with the helping to co-found Image Comics, today the third-largest publisher in the nation, was with the goal of allowing creative people to own and control their ideas. It is with this great pride that I can say that after nearly three decades of producing the Spawn title, that I'm still 100% in the creative driver's seat of the character I brought to life in 92. I wrote and drew that first issue and will do the same for this historic issue as well, unquote. Spawn debuted in the spring of 1992 as one of the inaugural titles of Image Comics, a company co-founded by McFarlane and other superstar creators of the day to emphasize creator-owned comics and creators' rights. The book was an instant success, selling 1.7 million copies and helped cement McFarlane as an icon of creator-owned comics. The current record for longest-running creator-owned work is Dave Sims' Cerebus, which concluded with its 300th issue in 2004. Uh, McFarlane and company will tie that record in August and then break it in September with a 48-page 301st issue. Although Sim will still have the uh, record for continuous creator involvement. Yes. Because he wrote and drew... Every single one of them. ...all 300 issues. Right. And McFarlane stops... 95! 25 fucking years ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pussy. (laughs) He's like, I'm done after two years. Yeah, really. It's just like... Three years, sorry. Whatever. So it's owned. Okay, congratulations. But you didn't do it all. (laughs) Not like crazy pants. Crazy pants Nazi, Muslim, whatever the hell he is, Sim. (laughs) Adult Swim has ordered the animated series Bird Girl which is a spin-off of Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. Oh, okay. Nice. Which uh, that one aired in the middle aughts. 
The pre uh, premise of Bird Girl starts with her alter ego, Ju uh, Judy Ken Seven, being the named CEO of the world's largest corporation, Seven and Seven. Now she juggles her work life and her superhero life while trying to find balance between the two. Paget Brewster's Bird Girl appeared in a handful of episodes of the original series and reprised the role last year's one-off special, Harvey Birdman, Attorney General. Wooka! She's also voiced Lana Lang in Batman The Dark Knight Returns, as well as Lois Lane in Justice League Gods and Monsters. Yep. And she can currently be heard portraying Della Duck on DuckTales. I love this next one so much. This next one just touches me in all the right places. Show us on the Andy where the story touched you. Oh, on. thank God he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> the Marvel Universe is expanding the theater. Oh, yeah? Marvel Spotlight. <laughs> the team up between the comic book company and Concord Theatrical's Samuel French will be bringing Marvel characters to the stage in contemporary plays that skew young. Quote, over the <laughs> that was a fun sound, Kay. Over the last eighty years, the Marvel Universe has grown to inspire billions across the globe by telling re relatable personal stories reflecting the world outside our window. Writes Marvel executive Stephen Wacker. "Quote <laughs> Wacker, right, Jeff? Oh, you go there, Hi, Wacker. Ragtag Wacker. I hardly even know her. <laughs> Wait a minute, is that like a hitman? You got a Wacker." Wacker, I hardly Wacker, even... I hardly even know her. Oh, wait, that would... John Travolta, wow. Yeah. That <laughs> well, was his inner Pulp Fiction? Uh, uh, yeah. Kind of Mr. Carter. Yeah. Wacker, I hardly even know her. Ragtag. <laughs> that was like a walk-in. <laughs> Walk, oh, yeah. That was like a walk-in Wow, right they're kind of yeah, close together, aren't they? Not so much a drive-up. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it certainly Arberino. wasn't delivery. Oh, DiGiorno. <laughs> Delicio. <laughs> Quotes with these amazing plays and this uncanny group of talented playwrights, we hope to give the next generation of Marvel fans a chance to bring those stories to life and explore what it means to be a superhero right in their own backyard, unquote. With a license fee sitting at around the industry standard of $75 for a single performance or $125 performance rate when showing two or more, but that's without the bells and whistles. Marvel is also charging uh, all sorts of cash for its scenic projections, uh, logos, and video licenses. So enterprising the departments may want to stick to the do-it-yourself staging and bu if budget's an issue. Production microtransactions? <laughs> Jesus. <Yeah>. Marvel loot crates. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, could you only got the projection and what? Oh, you didn't get the logos. Well, so sorry. Want to buy another one? You can learn about the three one-act plays, each one focused on Loki, Kamala Khan's Ms. Marvel, and Squirrel Girl on Marvel Spotlight's website, which details each this super each how each superhero deals with issues like writing your own fan fiction. One hour forty. Writing your own fan fiction. Dealing with silvering rivalry and starting college. Silvery. Silvery. Rivalry. Silvery Silver. Rivalry. Well, <laughs> well, that'll be Silver rivalry. Surfer. <laughs> Swoosh! I shall tell you how to deal with Silver Rivalry. <laughs> the power cosmic. <laughs> <laughs> the Ms. Marvel-focused Mirror of Most Value comes from playwright Mazi Asar, while the Loki and Thor-centric Hammered 
is by Christian Borel. Hammered. And finally, Squirrel Girl Goes to College sees Karen Zakiris uh, tackle Doreen Green's unbeatable Squirrel Girl as the hero begins her higher education. Andy's like, right now, Andy's cheering all over the place. Squirrel the, Girl. The latter two are listed as comedies on the Samuel French site, <laughs> while the former sits in drama, and all three possess the subgenre of adventure. Mirror of Most Value, Squirrel Girl Goes to College, and Hammered are all available to read and or perform today. So, yes, you can have officially licensed Marvel stage plays at your local high school theater, local civic theater. I think it'll bring people in. I think if the Jay County Civic Theater got together and said, uh, we're going to do Thor for a stage play, people would pack that shit. The official Marvel theatrical production. All right. And I'm telling you right Whatever. Now, Just go for it. Nah, Just do it. One of the, my <clears throat> best thrills as an actor was being able to play... Uh, uh, oh, shit, I can't remember the name of the character. I love the play. Um, oh, such thrilling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so thrilling for you. Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. And I got to... I keep going to say Eugene M. Jerome, but that's another play. Um. But I <laughs> Bloxy, yeah, Bloxy Blues <laughs> or Brighton Beach Memoirs, depending yeah. on your mileage may vary. Seymour, but yeah, that that's it. To go for yeah, okay. So I got to play Seymour on stage with with the big pup. You playing. suddenly forgot Seymour. Suddenly, yes, suddenly. yes, I did. And but because it was an established entity and a character that I knew, and getting to embody that character on stage was right. a blast. So at that age, I would love to play Loki or Thor. Or if I were a girl, Ms. Marvel, or Squirrel Girl. What was your th- greatest thrill, diving into Audrey 2's maw? Or? <laughs> Holding an axe, yes. Oh, okay. Oh. What's not to love about that? Wow. Yeah, we rented the Broadway puppets and everything. It was yeah. wonderful. Ooh, how much did that cost? A lot. 125 <laughs> per episode? Certainly more than uh, this. Uh... I was just <laughs> waiting for Todd to oh, announce the Kickstarter for the Geek Shock production of <laughs> Hammered. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! And to see if how many people we could get to come out. Oh and great! See the Matt and I are going to be duking it out to see who gets to play Big Lebowski Thor. <laughs> I, I think that's all you, Kirsten. <laughs> Matt, be like, it's yours. You got it. I'm not even going to fight you on that one. Um, uh, I was going to say something. Todd would have to play Loki. Oh, Todd would have to. Well, of course. And then we could. In fact, we don't even need a script. We'll just get a murder mystery, and Todd will be the one who killed everybody. <laughs> because, yeah. Sounds great to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not seeing anything wrong with this. Yeah, there I'll you go. I'll just direct. You guys can have fun with that. There you go. <laughs> I'm the sound guy. You get to be Valkyrie, Jeff. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. You know, the way Todd plays video games... You figure he's going to do the squirrel girl, one man woman show. He might. You can already see the wheels turning. Yeah. He's trying to figure out. How it do wouldn't I do the be tail. the first time he's played a woman on stage. There this you is true. Go. And he could build the tail for him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> what Marvel uh, play do you think we should perform? Right to it. <laughs> oh wow, that would be an interesting one. Well, like, I mean, for a banana splats call out, it's like Angelica really 
whips out some strange ass questions yes, and does. then mm-hmm. gets a fucking full thread out of it. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing the mileage some of those fucking questions get. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good on there. Man, erections. You get an erection. What music plays? You got to admit, that's, not everybody's going to come up with that question. Nah, that's that's some cards against humanity shit. <laughs> Mine, the final countdown. <laughs> I'm glad you chimed in, Matt. <laughs> <clears throat> I did see that thread, and I'm like, oh, my God. Well, you did think um, of what music plays, didn't you? Well, for, for No, I didn't. I was sitting, literally sitting Dude. there going, I'm like, really? Dude, it's Jeff, so it's just another Manic Monday. <laughs> I think mine is there's a light that never goes out. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. (laughs) 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 But you only get the first, (laughs) (laughs) right? (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) 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 Uh, But in reality, mine would probably be Girlfriend in a Coma. I know it's serious, (laughs) (laughs) and it's a good thing your wife doesn't listen to these things. (laughs) And it's a good thing your wife doesn't listen to these things either, Matt. (laughs) Crazy train. I don't know. Thinking back on it, it's probably not an indictment of my wife. (laughs) No, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's probably a good thing she doesn't listen to these. Because if she really got to know you. My wife doesn't. Wow, know. Jeff! What <laughs> the? She, really Holy <laughs> she did marry you, so she must not know you that well. Whoa! <laughs> Man, this guy's flying. Boy, flying oh boy, boy. gets shit. his own fucking What's place, and the truth I comes got, out. I gotta give you that one, What's this fireball? Holy! It's that the was, cinnamon. That was solid. <laughs> it was probably the fireball. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Canada, I I'm consider Canada, myself I'm quite burned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which is weird saying this next sentence. A new version of A Christmas Carol is coming out from BBC and FX. Okay. <laughs> That's it for that? Tom okay. Hardy and Scott Free will tackle the Charles Dickens adaptation in a three-part TV special. This is only the first Dickens work the pair will... not. Oh, sorry. You this is only boy. the first... Dickens' work, the pair will tackle, but one that will give fans of the holiday a standard, unique, and original take on the spine-tingling immersion into Scrooge's Dark Night of the Soul, unquote. Oh, yeah, I can hear now. Dark Night. You, I get it. Yeah. I get it. You there, boy. What, yeah. time, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do my bane, damn it. <laughs> I was born to the capitalism. You there, boy. What you merely worship it. <laughs> you were born on Christmas. I lived it. <laughs> All these things that might be or could be. Hey, as writer Stephen Knight and director Nick Murphy will also be leaning into the horror of it. Guy Pierce is playing Scrooge, while Andy Serkis and Rudger Hauer play the ghosts of Christmas past and future, respectively. Oh my! Whoa! Rutger Hauer, nice. Right? Holy shiznit! Stephen Graham will play Jacob Marley, while Charlotte Riley plays Lottie. Uh, Joe Alwyn plays Bob Cratchit, and Vincent Robinson plays Mary uh, Vinette. Not Vincent. <laughs> Vinette. <laughs> Vinette <laughs> Robinson plays Mary Cratchit. 
It's a, it's a different take, all right. And when uh, <laughs> Rush plays Tiny Tim Cratchit, the adaptation will likely air for the holiday season, but the unannounced Dickens series will continue to drop adaptations over the next few years. Interesting. Fascinating. The original Great White Shark puppet used on the set of Steven Spielberg's Jaws is getting a restoration from The Walking Dead and Creepshow's Greg Nicotero. I saw this. And will be featured prominently in the Los Angeles-based Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. While one of the highest grossing and most influential films of all time, Jaws had a notoriously troubled production where the puppet would continuously break down in the water. The Academy Museum, which will pay homage to the world of groundbreaking cinema, delayed its official opening to 2020. But they're going to have the shark! There is a uh, uh, a YouTube video um, on that out there uh, where they talk about the the shark model and finding it and and starting the resurrect uh, resurrection of the model with uh, Greg Nicotero. Is that the um, one they found the junkyard sign? Is it that one? Yeah, um, it apparently it was it wasn't the only one, but it was one of the screen used ones, uh, and they they had to verify that it was. You know, one of the screen used versus just one of the many that they produced because there was a few that were produced for the theme park um, based on the original mold, but weren't. Screen That's used where that so. came from because I yeah. I always heard that the one at Uni- Universal uh-huh. was was like one of the movie sharks. But. Yeah, uh, the 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 experience. The first one was made specifically for. There's a whole. Uh, I think it's on theme park history on YouTube. That channel or is it Jester World? One of those two has a full-length thing about the history of the Jaws ride at uh, Universal, both uh, Hollywood and Orlando. But, I, don't, uh, I don't think the shark itself was. I know the boat that was out in the lake yes. was was from. There, oh, were, yeah? there were two boats that were in the lake that were... Uh, there, oh. were there was a screen-used York, uh, or Yorka. There was a screen-used Orca, <laughs> and then there was uh, um, the little yellow boat that Is they the found Jewish at the boat? beginning where the guy got... Ben Gardner's boat? Yeah, Ben Gardner's boat. Both of those were ben in there. Ben Gardner's boat. I recognize that anyway. And uh, eventually they took it away, actually. There's a... There's a there's an interview with Steven Spielberg when he found out that the orca was missing and that they had taken it away and and torn it up because it had like dry rot and termites or something like that and he was just completely disheartened by it. But uh, yeah, there's a there was a, a a local news crew in L.A. that that did a piece and it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. And they talk about finding the shark and then starting the resurrection or the resurrection of that for the um, dog the museum. magic. <laughs> Shock Restoration, him. resurrection. Eat again! Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can play my tuba into a resurrection sound. <laughs> <laughs> What's your bard? Write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. Oh my goodness. I want to see that shock monkeys. Describe your bard. And don't just give the race... You know, gnome bard. You just talk about what's your instrument, what songs are you sing, for what spells. Yep. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't write in. Yeah. <laughs> and until next week, I am Nimbles, the tuba player. <laughs> <laughs> oh 80s Jeff, Commander K, Maple Leaf Max. And we'll talk to you next week, Inky. <laughs> well, you won't, because I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> But what if I play a John C. tune? <laughs> then we're definitely <laughs> going to kill you. <laughs> yeah.
I suppose the Matt's character who played bagpipes. That's the sound of a thousand. I hated that so much. <laughs> God, it's just a fucking. If it game. starts as the bagpipes and then goes into ACDC's long way to, to the top to the rock and roll. Then go. it'd be good. But if it goes into a tula, tuba solo run. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tuba solo. It's a long way. It's only 14 minutes long. <laughs> York's like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, by the way, Yorka. I want to do a, a, a Jaws parody where the, the, sh- the boat's called Yorkie. Yorkie? The Yorkie. And then, like, you can have... Uh, 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 Quince, a, a tiny legged Quince, dog. Quince's partner, you know his uh, his little assistant. When they go to the meeting, he's got a Yorkie on ah. a leash. Uh. You know, and then you have the you have the deleted scene. No way, Mister Quint. I quit. I'm not going to do it. And Shaw's like ripping his ass. And you never heard of him? the 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 assistant to Quint. The guy who appears at the uh, the town hall meeting, ah, and he does the, right. and then when he leaves, right. the guy with the orange hat, he right behind him. That's his assistant. The guy that's uh, one of the local cast, and he actually, when they when he accepts the charter and they're going out, the guy quits, and there's a film scene, and, and it's. It's uh, that guy, an untrained actor. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because yeah. you know acting's so easy. Yes, but he's just like, no way, Mister Quint. I'm not gonna do it. You aren't gonna get me to. And you know, Sean's like, what are you talking about? And it's it's just it's fucking hilarious. Don't worry, um, Mister Quint. <laughs> I will step in as assistant. There you go. Whatever you need. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. What's that? A tuba? Yes, it's going to bring <laughs> the shark and scare it away. I see. You play the tuba? I roll 20s. Tuba goes into the water. So, it goes hurt? into my ass and into the water. <laughs> A fart tuba. <laughs> What's the bigger boat tuba song? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had beans today. <laughs> I want to see that big shark coming up on you, and you just you hear this <laughs> big bubbles come up from behind you. <laughs> Take that, Bruce. <laughs> I 